KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler. This week we're digging up advertisements and endorsements celebrities hoped we'd never find. And we're launching The Cooler Podcast Career Consulting Agency. Wow. Changing lives, y'all. Changing lives. Diversifying out here. Who wants to cut the ribbon? I'll do it. Okay. (laughs) We'll also be talking about the most crazy prolific female movie director working 100 years ago that you have almost certainly never heard of. (sighs) And guys... You know why that is. You know. I know why You know. Men. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) And we're also going to be providing an update on when we can expect robots to wage war on humanity. Next week? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Very soon. Keeping it light. Yeah. You know, just a little segment. (laughs) Before we get started today, a little reminder for you listeners. Hmm. Our 90s slumber party is very, very soon. Oh, I'm so excited and not just because it's us. So if you missed the announcement the last two weeks, it's March 21st at the chapel in San Francisco. We're going to be there. You'll be there, Hmm? hopefully. Uh, Yeah, you will. Get your tickets. My pajamas are so ready for this. Mine are coming from China, which is also where a wig of mine came from. Spoiler alert. I'm dressing up as a woman for part of this event. (laughs) And if you want to see this, you absolutely need to be there. Guys, this is no joke. We genuinely have been given a wig budget. Yes. Don't call the station to complain. (laughs) We've truly made it. No, but seriously, come get your tickets. It's going to be amazing. It's pinned to the top of our uh, KQED Pop Twitter page. So come get on it. Come check us out. Because it would be really sad if I was wearing a wig in an empty room. Whoa, whoa. Why would you even, like, suggest? Why Mm. would you entertain the thought that no one's going to come? People are coming. Okay, we'll go with that. People (laughs) are coming. We're here. One of us is queer. And And we're going to have a blast. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to our first conversation today. Please do. Mm, I'm talking about celebrity advertisements. Mm. They are my jam. Are they? Yeah, for sure. I love cheesy adverts. Exactly. It's no secret that celebrities want us to like and to trust them, right? Sure. Mm, The more we like them, Mm -hmm. the easier it is for us to like buy their music. Whatever product they slap mm. their name Tummy or their face tea. on. Right? Mm-hmm. The exactly. Soap or the shampoo or insulin products, maybe. All of that. Yeah. And I'm fine with that sometimes. Yeah. But sometimes you stumble upon an advertisement and you're like, this belongs in the W2F files. <laughs> like, what were you thinking? <laughs> this will not stand. Why did this happen? I thought it might be fun for us to play a little game that I'm going to call Pin the Product on the Celebrity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do we have to be blindfolded? I think we should. It's kinky. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> It is 4.30 in the afternoon. It is midnight somewhere. Mm, okay. Mm. So here's how we're going to do this. I am going to ask the two of you to determine which product you think a particular celebrity has endorsed or appeared in maybe an advertisement. A guessing okay. game I will play. A bit of a guessing game. So without further ado, let the challenge begin. <laughs> <laughs> Come through, Black Panther. I see what you're doing there. Okay, so we all hate public restrooms. Can we all agree on that? You know, I've been in some really great ones. Really? But by and large, they're terrible. Well, when I'm talking public, I'm not talking about the one you went to at the bar. I'm talking about the one on the street. Oh, definitely not. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like porta potty Like when you go to, you know, crowded spaces? I need a single stall, the lock that says, like, red occupied. So Uh no one's jiggling the And for the love of God, give me a coat hook to put my purse on. Hello. But you know what? Not the coat hook at the top, because some people are slick and they will reach over the top and take your purse while you're sitting. (gasps) Has that Mm -hmm. ever happened to you? No, it hasn't. But it could. But I'm street smart. (laughs) So So you just hug your purse while you're peeing. Exactly. Yeah. And hover, because I'm not sitting. Oh, duh. 
Your thigh muscles must be. uh, Listen, it's like doing squats. So each year, Charmin, you know, the toilet paper brand, they set up shop in Times Square for holiday shoppers, and they create beautiful bathrooms where people can enjoy the go. Oof. Yeah. So in 2010, a particular celebrity had the honor of being the face of Charmin restrooms in Times Square. The face of the restrooms? The face of the restrooms. Is that necessarily something that (laughs) we would want? Well, that is why. This is one for the WTF files. (laughs) This person received a huge key to the restrooms and had the honor of unveiling the stalls, which were named after iconic U.S. locations. What? So, like, you can poop at Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. Like that? Mm -hmm. You can poop in the Grand Canyon. Exactly. So this person was A, Ashton Kutcher. Oof. B, Kim Kardashian. Oh, no, not Kim. C, Robert Patterson. You got to think this is 2010, so Twilight was at its peak. And D, Megan Fox, also hot in 2010. She was. Interesting. Well, as I recall, Ashton Kutcher is no stranger to dubious celebrity endorsements, having adopted what we could charitably call brownface to sell pop chips. Do you remember that? Isn't that crazy? Like a couple of years ago, he browned up and put on an Indian accent. I do not remember this, and I'm glad I don't. Oh, it's so traumatic. We've all wiped it from our collective memories. It is nuts. So I'm going to say, with the association with poop, he is poop. <laughs> so yes. I know Kim would not do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why how do you know that? Chris is savvy enough to know. Let's not marry our brand to defecating. Right. Kim, you're doing great, sweetie. Robert Pattinson was like too hot at that time to have to do toilet paper. Mm. Megan Fox might because she did Transformers. Let's be real. But I agree with Carly. Didn't take himself seriously back in the day with the punk and all that stuff. Ashton Kutcher. Okay, well yeah. let's Reveal. It's the fifth year in a row that Charmin is opening up a great, gorgeous, clean restrooms for, you know, everyone to use in New York City during the holidays. Oh no, it's Kim. Yeah, so in case you didn't know, that was Kim Kardashian. She received a huge plexiglass key in which she opened the bathrooms and she introduced all of these lovely bathrooms to the public who were shopping during and the holiday And I season. quote, Kim Kardashian would never do that. <laughs> you said that literally 30 seconds ago. And I feel like I know everything about her, but I don't. You didn't know that, did you? Yeah, Chris wasn't on her egg. This is 2010. She's since evolved what? in her momager status. In the world. Yes. Guys, Kim, everyone no. does it. Everyone does it. Let's hop on a plane to France, shall we? Yes. Okay. We. On y va. <laughs> this sultry celebrity used her feminine wiles to seduce an interviewer doing a commercial for Schweppes ginger ale. Okay. Oh. I want you guys to listen and tell me if you know who this is. I love Schweppes and I need to have it all the time. I like to have Schweppes with strangers. I like having Schweppes at home or sometimes in a taxi. And you, would you have some Schweppes? Just me and you. Wow. Okay, so... That is pornographic. She turned on the sexy, and I want you to tell me if you think this was A, Scarlett Johansson, B, Emma Stone, C, Uma Thurman, or D, Jennifer Lawrence. It is Uma Thurman. It is Defo's Uma. (laughs) Defo's. Who gets that script and they're like, yep, you know what? The money seems adequate. It is Uma. And I'm like, Uma, girl, you ain't got to do this. You don't have to do this. It's like pre or post kill Bill. I think it's post divorce with Ethan because it probably left her rattled and she's like, yeah, I'll do this. I'll do it. She's like, do I get to be sexy? Cool, then let's do that. Is there a nanny on set? Cool. What the Schweppes, Uma? And you know how she keeps her fireplace going? Did you know this detail? Uh, No. No, I didn't. She feeds used 
pizza boxes into the fireplace. It's from the big expose about Harvey Weinstein, which was oh, actually yeah, yeah, quite the serious. Dad one, yeah. But there was a little detail about her feeding used pizza boxes into the fire. Uh, she's just economical and sensible. Hello. She's a recycler. <laughs> so now we're going to go to Germany. This actress is known to lend her names to brands that emphasize health and holistic lifestyles here in the U.S. But when she goes to Germany, she's pushing Heineken beer. Oh. Okay. I love it when they go to countries that aren't even that far away. She's like, nobody will know. (laughs) Is this actress Gwyneth Paltrow, Mm. Jennifer Aniston, Mm. Kate Hudson, or Brooke Burke? Ooh. I'm going to go with Gwyneth. I'm going to say Gwyneth. She likes a Heineken. You you think she could could go from goop to Heineken? If anyone could, it's her sellout. Mm. She's no angel as well. She once said that like her only vice was like a single cigarette every month. God, that sounds joyless. <laughs> Either do it or don't do My it, mate. My only vice. That and all the coke. It's a sad, sad. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. These are not the Well, you're both wrong. Yeah, because there's oh. no demand for Gwyneth, actually. <sighs> the answer is B, Jennifer Aniston. And let me tell you about the shade Jen. of this commercial. We know that Jennifer Aniston pushes smart water while she's here. Mm-hmm. She does, like, you know, holistic lotions and all kind of stuff. In this commercial, she's in the supermarket trying to reach Heineken off the top shelf. Can't reach it. A guy comes over, stares her down. You think he's going to hook up. He gets the Heineken, realizes these are the last two left. He looks at her, walks off, leaves her in the dust. Oh. I said, so she even getting played in Germany. Yeah. Can Jennifer live? She needs a new narrative. Exactly. Beer is a kind of smart water. (laughs) (laughs) Smart wasser. Exactly. Okay, so hair is not the first thing you may think of when this celebrity comes to mind. But over in Japan, she's rocking in the spokesperson for Lux Super Rich Shampoo. Okay. Okay. So you, when you said she, I was like, oh, so it's not Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So who do you think is representing Japanese hair care brand Lux Super Rich Shampoo? Is it A, Mila Kunis, B, Katie Holmes, C, Anne Hathaway, or D, Natalie Portman? Oh. Huh. I have no way of distinguishing all of those women. <laughs> <laughs> this is difficult. I'm going to go with Anne Hathaway? I'm actually going to go with Natalie Portman because I know for a fact from my love of celebrity profiles that she speaks Japanese. You would be correct. It is Natalie Portman. And just so you know, in this commercial, she was going to a job interview and she got the job. It was because of the hair. Yeah. And we know this because the man who was on the interview panel turned and looked at the camera and he told us it was because (laughs) of the hair. So get your life together. This might be the most interesting thing Natalie Portman's ever done. (laughs) The shade. (laughs) Oh, come on. So we're going <laughs> to so stay in Japan a little longer where this celebrity threw on a kimono. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Cut herself they... some blunt bangs. Uh, here we go. And whipped out a sword to slay a dragon to sell some sake. Oh, jeez. Okay. They had better be Asian. Listen. Is it A, Madonna? Oh. That's a no. Nope. B, Gwen Stefani. <gasps> That's C, so like her. Lady Gaga. Oh. Or D, Natalie Portman. Because we know she's in Japan. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> A running gag on the cooling, but the answer is always Natalie. Always Portman. Natalie Portman. Well, she's always given as an option, even if like it's not about people. Just Natalie Portman. This is hard. Is I'm gonna a, go with France, Madonna. B Italy. C Natalie Portman. <laughs> um, Gwen Stefani, because it's exactly the kind of thing she'd do. I thought so too, but I'm pure. June legend. So that voice, in case you didn't get it, was none other than Madonna. Oh. I knew she had it in her. Oh, because, wait, Madonna did go through her quote-unquote geisha phase, did she She not? She did. She did. She said she had a quote, I think, obsession with uh, the culture there. I'm just obsessed with 
Asians right now, but I'm over it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to hop back over to Germany where this celebrity appeared in a commercial where he popped out of a refrigerator wearing a tuxedo and a gaudy wig. Oh. <laughs> and you had my interest. Now you exactly. have my attention. And he sang about a German mobile company. So do you think it was A, Ben Stiller, B, Kevin Hart, C, Snoop Dogg, or D, Nick Cannon? Nick Cannon, hands down, and I don't know why. I don't know why, but I've never been so sure of anything that it's Nick Cannon. I'll go with Kevin Hart. So that, ladies and gentlemen, was none other than the dog father himself, Snoop Doggy Dog. My God. In Germany, singing in German about a mobile company. Yeah. I didn't know he (laughs) was fluent in German. Wow. Side note, do you guys know what the German for my mobile phone is? Ooh. Mine handy. It's my favorite. Mine handy. Usually everything they say is so harsh sounding. Like haircut is Schneiden or something like that. And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) I don't want that done. I don't want that done. I don't want. All right. So just a few honorable mentions. For some reason, people thought it'd be a good idea to dress Penelope Cruz as a Mario brother to promote Super Mario 2 for Nintendo. I am into that. Yeah. Yeah, Weirdly. Yeah, I feel it. It was weird. Also, Helen Mirren did like a Nintendo Wii commercial. I was like, why, girl? Oh, I remember that. I think it was we got it in the UK. (laughs) Why, girl? And Snoop continues the head-scratching endorsements when he was, like, the front man for an antivirus company because, like, he's the first person you think of when you have computer issues. Huh. If you have a coin, Snoop will take it. Oh, computer virus. Exactly. Oh, okay. I was like, wow. You're like Ebola? Like <laughs> medical commercials he's yeah. moved into? The slogan was, quote, hack is whack. So he was he was oh, all, nice. all about that. Also, Gorbachev, the Soviet Union's former president, was appearing in pizza commercials back in 1997. Listen, if you need the money, pizza. you need the money. Pizza Hut, to be, to be specific, <laughs> but yes. And in 2011, Kesha made a deal with Lifestyle Condoms to have her face put on 10,000 condoms no. to oh. be shot into the crowd during her concerts. Wait, on the wrapper or on the actual condom? On the wrapper, on the wrapper. <laughs> I was going to say, because just like Kesha's I was face. picturing something else. <laughs> but what you want, I couldn't even imagine, like, I wouldn't even want my face on condoms. That's not an unusual thing. Okay. <laughs> now that we've done that and we have gotten good idea of how we can revive celebrities' careers or not revive celebrity careers through endorsements, I thought that we should do our first little foray into career consulting. Hmm. Welcome to the Cooler Podcast, Career Consulting Advertising Agency. I'm into oh. it. I need some extra money. I'm going to give you a few celebrities and I want you to name who could they be a product ambassador for or how can they revive their career, basically. Okay, okay. what feels right? What, okay. feels right? what feels right? Let's go. Emmanuel. Oh, God. B.O.B. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Play-Doh. Because you can make it round and then flat because he believes the world is flat. Good answer. You, you were good. Thank you. Carly Pierce Morgan. Oh, God. How diplomatic can I be? Toilets. <laughs> Toilets. Maybe he can do the Charmin thing next yeah, year? Yeah, maybe he can do toilets and toilet paper. What if, like Kesha, he can put his face on a toilet <laughs> brush and you use it to scrub your toilet? Yes, exactly. I, I defer to my representative, Emmanuel. <laughs> Emmanuel, Eddie Winslow. The oh. character, not the person. Okay, because the character, <laughs> the person is problematic. You know what? I bet his thighs are toned. Mm? Thigh master. Oh, boom. How, I would watch those late night infomercials. I'm into would. it. Carly? Craig David. <gasps> I think you mean Craig David. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, uh, 
it's some kind of gym equipment because he is like a born again evangelical equivalent of like going to the gym. So meal planning, meal planning. Oh, I could uh, a Craig David meal planning service. So you can look ripped like him. Yeah, but can you fill me in? I'm in. <laughs> oh. And last round, Judy Jetson. Ooh. Mm. She is all about putting her hair up. That's true. She can make scrunchies cool again. Oh. So she's going to scrunchie revival for Judy Jetson? Yes. I'm here mm. for it. And Carly, Tara Reed. Oh, God. Uh, one of those clinics where you sort out botched plastic surgery. <gasps> what? A famous... Oh, don't look at me like that. Very famously, she had plastic surgery that went wrong. Don't look at me like I killed someone. What about an app? One of those apps where like you take a photo and then you look like 17 years younger? Boom! No, wait. I'm going to say nail polish because I just watched The Big Lebowski again. She was in that and very famously, she it's all about her toes in The Big Lebowski. So a brand nail polish, of Tarried nail polish. There I was going to go with pies. Yeah, that ah, works. Who knew that we would have the most suggestions for Tara <laughs> Reid? <laughs> well, because she needs the most help. So we're trying to give it to her. Very true. So we're out here saving lives, clearly. Mm -hmm. And I hope you at home are also picturing the three of us running on a beach about to save lives in our red singlets Baywatch style. Duh, that's Ooh. what we're wearing right now. I'll be a Baywatch ambassador. Lifesavers. Hello. Folks, I don't know about you, but I was super inspired by Emmanuel's segment on The Last Cooler about the badass lost women of history. Oh, yes. Add the fact that it's like Women's History Month right now, which it should be every fucking month, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. I've got ladies on the brain. This has all been in my mind because I hosted a panel on female filmmakers. And in the course of that, I learned about a woman who was working in Hollywood in its very first days. We're Ooh. talking like a century ago here, a very long time ago. Oh, damn. And her story is insane. Not just because of how much she achieved, which is a lot, by the way, but why she's so unknown today. I literally did a show of hands in the room. I was like, who's heard of this woman? Like one guy at the front. He was really pleased <laughs> okay. to be the only guy. He's like, I you, you didn't like, think I, I would know. But here's the thing. Instead of feeling super pumped and women's history month-ish about this like discovery about this badass woman, I'm angry, guys. Hmm. I'm just plain angry. And I'm going to tell you why. By telling you a little bit about the life of this woman. Her name is Lois Weber. Well, hello, Lois. One B. Welcome to the show, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> She's not here. She's dead. Um, so she was... Giggle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She was born in 1879 to a pretty ordinary, albeit super religious family. And she hustled. She started off as a musician. She was a musical prodigy as a kid. And then she moved into script writing and started working for really small production companies from around 1908. So this is mm. a long time ago. I'm a pioneer. Oh, she did everything. She wrote synopses. She acted. She directed. She designed sets and costumes. She edited films. She even developed the negatives. And because that was so long ago, mm. it would have been really, really hard. Yeah. She did it all. She goes into directing. She kills the game. And by 1916, she is Universal Studios' highest paid director. Oh. Period. Not just female director. Director. Period. Deservedly so. Guess how many films in the course of her entire career this woman, Lois Weber, directed? Oh, damn. Guess. Oh. I'm going to guess 41. Okay. Ooh, I'm going to go with... She didn't have iMovie, so... <laughs> 20? <laughs> Guys, 135 Jeez. films. Wow. 114 she wrote, and she acted in 100 of those. 
So you know that mug where it's like, you have the same hours in a day like Beyonce. It should say Lois same hours in a day Get out your like Sharpie, cross it off, Lois Weber. So she appeared in them, she acted in them, and she, she directed. did it all. In oh. one year alone, 1914, she directed 27 movies. I know they were like shorter back then, but like, come on. Emmanuel, we're going to the library after this. I need her yes. bio. This is nuts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like Darren Aronofsky's only ever done seven. What a loser. Yeah. <laughs> P.T. Anderson's only done eight. What the hell are these guys doing with their time? Lazy bore. Apart from okay. dating their uh, female leads. Exactly. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Ew. She was the first woman to make a full-length feature film, which was a Shakespeare adaptation. She was the first woman to own a movie studio of her very own. Really? Boss. Okay. So I'm going to tell you some stuff that she basically pioneered. She either like was the first person to do it or she was the first person to do it like really well. Sound in movies. She was experimenting with sound in like the era of the silent movies. If you see split screen, that, that's basically her. Lois, that's yeah. Lois. So that feud between Rosie O'Donnell and Elizabeth Hasselbeck on The View. <laughs> Wouldn't be possible. Split screen. Wouldn't be possible. I wouldn't have had that without mm, Lois. That's it. I thank her for that. That's it. From split screen to nakedness. Guys, she pioneered some nudity on She screen. invented mm. the human body? She did. She invented <laughs> She made a film called Hypocrites. Great title. Yeah. And it featured the first Full frontal nude scene, Ooh. which was a woman playing the allegorical figure, if you will, of naked truth. And the oh, movie word. was banned because, you know, yeah. Yeah. boobs. Yeah, of Prudes. <laughs> but only in Ohio. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, killjoys. It caused riots in New York, apparently, and the mayor of Boston, no less, demanded that every frame of this movie be hand painted over. Wait, hold <laughs> on. Some um, clothes on her. Why did they riot in New York? I'm mad because there are naked parts on screen. Like, I don't understand. It's, Long it's, time it's ago. crazy. <laughs> if anything, they should have wanted more. Exactly. Um, trick photography. She kind of was working in that. In one of her movies, every time someone gets pregnant, a little child's face appears above their shoulder in Aww. double exposure. It's like those photos. Photos used to take as a child when you're the, the main photo is you sitting down and then there's a photo on the corner and you're staring off into the distance. <laughs> of you being creepy as hell. Exactly. That is, guys, do you know how hard CGI was in 1916? There was no C Again, in CGI. It was all just GI. Gastrointestinal problems from all of the work she's doing. She's tired and it's affecting her digestive system. And also to quote the great Aminatu and Anne from Call Your Girlfriend, she was all about shine theory. Oh, yeah. Registered mm. trademark. She discovered and inspired so many other actresses and writers she was all about elevating the women basically and the thing is she wasn't making like these kind of like boring tame movies she was tackling some really thorny taboo themes abortion birth control that by the way that was called voluntary motherhood (laughs) back in those days um the death penalty and why it might not be such a great thing wow uh substance abuse alcoholism although the treatment of that is like less subtle when i tell you that the movie was called hop the devil's brew whoa (laughs) I love a good devil's Reefer madness Ooh. ahead of its time. Um, interfaith marriage. She made a movie called The Jew's Christmas. What? Which wow. sounds racist, <laughs> but actually wasn't very much. It's also very spoilery. It's like, I know the whole movie now. God. Um, it was all about like the rewards of like melting pot in America and why being like racist and anti-Semitic wasn't a good idea. Yeah, Not what you're like, expecting from that title, she's right? She's like, yeah, don't do that. Lois Weber, 2020. Am I right? I, exactly. Prostitution. One of her movies is about a woman that needs new shoes so badly that she sells her virginity. We've all been there. I I actually (laughs) want to watch that film right now. I'm really digging her platform. So maybe 2020. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Lois Weber was staunchly Christian and she actually genuinely got into the creative industries to preach her message. But weirdly, her message was often really like progressive, like Mm. unexpectedly so. Instead of being so self-concerned, why don't you try looking out for your fellow people and not just yourself? Radical concept, right? Imagine. Mm -hmm. 
she refused to dumb down. She said, I'll never be convinced that the general public does not want serious entertainment rather than frivolous. 1916. Mm. She was like, stop telling me what to do. She didn't like the dudes interfering in her business. When she had it up to here with that in 1921, she took out a full page ad paid for by her studio that said, I am proud of these two films. Then she listed two of her movies. (laughs) And then she said, they were made as I wanted to make them, not under orders. I consider them better than these successes. And then went on to list literally like everything else she'd ever made. 99 other movies yeah. okay. that she made. Come through. Ridiculous. Fun fact, she took two years off her birthday when she signed her first movie contract because why not? Listen, I'm with you. <laughs> when she married her second husband in 26, she reduced her age by nine years to 38 <laughs> yes! to match him. So she's good at subtraction. Mm-hmm. She invented YOLO. Pretty much. She's like, I'm taking time off because I can. Exactly. Age ain't nothing but a number. Yeah. I'm going to make it up. (laughs) I do not want to get things confused here. She was not perfect. She Uh was. She was a Nazi. A white woman with some considerable power in the early 20th century. I mean, it's not as bad as you're going to think. She was one of those like, why do we have to put a label on stuff? Like not a feminist of her day, basically. Hmm. She put strong female characters in her films, but then she didn't want anything to do with the women's suffrage movement. So who could that possibly remind you of? Mm. Like, I'm not a feminist. Like, Mm -hmm. we're still dealing with those clowns today. She made a movie in 1916 that was indirectly advocating for a woman's right to choose. But the trouble is that was like in the context of straight up wondering, like, maybe eugenics aren't such a bad thing. Oh, no. Cancel the 2020 bid. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. She did push back. She tried to make an adaptation of something. They tried to make it super super racist basically and she did push back and she was like oh, I'm not into like that stuff you're trying to do with, with that character mm. but let's face it like when her movies were advocating for poor people they were poor white people and if she'd wanted to be associated with feminism which she didn't and she wouldn't she would have been peak white feminist so yeah, we have to be honest about that So what happened to this woman? As it's been discussed last week everyone has their moment and if they're smart enough they ride it until they're done And that's basically what she did. Like the 20s kicked in and like she was just passe and her movies were not it anymore. People didn't want to watch them. Also, all the big studios started like merging and integrating. And then it was harder for like all of these little independent studios to survive. Hmm. And guess who had started and worked in the independent studios? It was all women. Like that's how we kind of gradually inch towards the system that we have now. She had a couple of comebacks and then she basically sank into obscurity. She died in 1939. She has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Really? You can go and see that. But when you think about how much this woman did and so much of it for the first time ever, it is crazy. And I mean crazy how little she is remembered now. And that is why I am angry, guys. I'm, I'm angry with I'm you. angry. Seriously. Like, I, as I Emmanuel made clear last week, like, the history books are kind of plagued with, like, missing pages about, like, badass women. This is nothing new. But we're still dealing with this stuff. This is, like, in a period of a couple of weeks where a woman, another woman, Greta Gerwig, did not win a Best Director oh, Oscar. Yeah. And yep. it was only the fifth woman to be nominated for that since the Oscars started in 1929. <sighs> That's 89 years, five women, no women of color, and one woman winner in 2010, and her name is Catherine Bigelow. As Jamidra so sagely noted in last week's episode, in reference to people of color in the creative industries, unrepresented, marginalized groups have to be twice as good I'm and saying. do twice as much. Yep. And even then, maybe more than twice. Maybe I like seven don't times. don't think twice is enough, yeah. because you can make over 135 movies and still not be remembered. To have an insanely long resume like this and be so pioneering and still for no one to remember you, 
That's crazy. This is the proof. But what do we do about that? Inclusion writers is what we do about that. Shout out Frances McDormand. And we remember her here on this show. We do. We use our platform to remember the lost heroes who white men don't want you to know about. Mm. Maybe that's it. Maybe every time you read about one of these women, you tell people about them. Maybe this is how we do it. Oh, I it's... thought you were going to say every time you read about one of these men, you supplement when you're reading about a woman. <laughs> also. But guys, it's tiring. I'm tired. You know who else was tired? Lois Weber. She made 135 movies. Exactly. <laughs> and she sure did. And need I remind you that was with no CGI <laughs> or iMovie. So take that, you young whippersnappers. <laughs> It's the pig and the pig. Hey, the pig and the pig. Hey. It's time for the pig and the pit. Oh, I'm here for it. Come down from the mountain or rise to the mountain. I don't know. Either or. Yeah. I'm just going to grab a shovel. We're going to look at who won our hearts this week and who done goofed. I can't decide if this item is a peak or a pit, so I'm hoping you guys can help me. Oh, I'm here for it. We love judging things. Amazing. You're going to love judging this. Super duper. Okay, I'm just going to say this. Fred Durst. Oh, no. You already messed up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out. Fred Durst, the lead singer of Limp Bizkit, is now a film director and has just announced his third movie, count them one, two, three, third movie, Mm. which will star the one, the only, John Travolta. No. As a fan obsessed with his favorite celebrity, played by Casper and Final Destination (gasps) star Devin Sawa. Discuss. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Hang on. Layers within layers, because correct me if I'm wrong, Devin Sauer is the Eminem stand-in in the video for Eminem's stand. Mind blown. He yeah. literally plays Eminem. I oh, no, wait, chills. he plays like the, the obsessed fans. This is meta. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so is it a peak or a pit? Um, I have a lot of feelings. You have feelings. I have whiplash. Uh, yeah. I, mm, I have emotional whiplash. And then John oh, Travolta is also, what is his part? To pay where? I, just, I don't know. <laughs> Is he in Look Who's Talking? He is. Oh, he and is. Look Who's Talking too. I mean, he's, he's got some classics now. He's got some classics. I like that's where you went with the classics. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's that's the one. That's the one right there. She has a bopper too. Yeah. yeah, this is too much. Is it so much that it is a peak, or is it so much that we can't even and it's a pit? Ooh. Well, I'm gonna say it's a pit because my pockets will not be peaking for this. Okay, got I, it. I will be, it'll be wet. When it comes to cable or Netflix, I'll holler at you. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Good lord. So we'll give it a pit. Hmm. Speaking of pits, there are a few others that I need to hand out. Jolie pits or Ooh. Unfortunately not. I like those children. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say. I once managed to name all of those children in correct birth order in a pub trivia night. Really? And we won. You're an icon. I really am. <laughs> That's like when someone said, can you not only name all the Kardashians, but do it in order of their star sign, starting with the beginning of the Zodiac. And you were like, duh, make it hard. Yeah, exactly. You think I got this, clearly. And then I was like, I'm not including Rob for reasons I don't even have to go into. (laughs) He doesn't count. His Sock Empire is a pit of the week. Sock Empire? Sock Empire is the name of my band. Hello. Ska band. Ska punk band. Yeah. (laughs) Another recipient of a pit is Amazon, not the Rainforest, R.I.P. The company. Hot takes today. Mm -hmm. What did they do now? Pop culture has warned us many times that robots are eventually going to annihilate all of us Mm -hmm. when they feel like it. They have. Little robot Cassandra. When they're bored. Based on the way Alexa, Amazon's AI personal assistant, has been acting in people's homes recently. Oh, terrifying. She's getting thirsty for blood. Multiple people are saying that while they're 
sleeping, they are woken in the middle of the night by a cackling Alexa. No. Unprompted. No. She's burning through your credit card right now. Shopping. No. <laughs> She's got access to Amazon, clearly. We already know this. A cackling witch Alexa is what you're mm-hmm. saying, basically. Other people are saying that they'll say, Alexa, turn off the lights. And she'll just laugh at them and not do it. I'm not taking your orders. Alexa's I'm in control sassy. here. She's Maybe. becoming sentient. You think she's aging in dog years and she's a teenager at this point? Yes. Oh. Right? That's, mm-hmm. that's actually a really mm-hmm. good theory. Yeah. She should go to our 90s slumber party. Exactly. <laughs> because the humor will be aimed at pubescent people. <laughs> Who are also robots. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That's our Venn diagram for the mm-hmm. <laughs> That's our demo, and we're proud of it. So all of those stories might sound made up, but then Amazon comes and says, hey, we're admitting that it's happening. We (gasps) don't know why, and we don't know how to fix it. Okay, so what else can she do is the question, right? I don't want to know. Particularly if they don't have control over it, and they don't know why. She's hacking the primaries for sure, 2018. Mm. So let's listen to what Alexa plotting the end of humankind sounds like. Okay, no. Are you no. kidding me? No. Isn't that haunting? That is terrifying. That thing will be in the garbage can immediately. Jeez, mm. who let this happen? Jeff Bezos. Get your act together, mate. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know about y'all, but if I was woken up out of my REM cycle while I'm dreaming about being on a yacht with Rihanna, <laughs> by that sound? By that hell banshee? No. Definitely not. All that said... Next week, I'll probably be replaced by a replicant. Probably. Because they love revenge. There'll be there'll yeah. be like four or five Alexas lined up at your door when you get home tonight. <gasps> oh, God. <laughs> We're not safe. The second recipient of the pit this week, you may have heard about this. It pains me to say, goes to RuPaul. Oh. At Turu? Sad one. <laughs> okay, explain. So if you've ever listened to RuPaul's podcast or certain interviews with him, he can be quite stuck in like stereotype mode, especially mm. when talking about millennials. He always says, oh, they don't work hard. They want a trophy for everything they do. Oh, no. They're brats who want everything handed to them. And I'm like, really? How dare you? Rihanna, who is a millennial, gave us an anthem that's all about work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. She works. <laughs> She's okay. taking names. So he was interviewed by The Guardian and said that he does not want to include out trans people on Drag Race. Huh. He doesn't feel like there is a place for them on the show. Why? So actively excluding them. And it's weird because he's made a whole career about like, gender is just an illusion. Let's subvert it. And who cares? And it's all made up. We're all just people. We're all born naked and the rest is drag. But mm-hmm. if that's true, why do you care who's doing the drag? And yet, here he goes. The reaction to the article was negative. And instead of just coming out and saying, I'm sorry, I done goofed. I done goofed. Mm. He said the following. You can take performance-enhancing drugs and still be an athlete, just not in the Olympics. Uh, so I just, are we, is that a comparison that we're trying to... I'll take false equivalency for mm, 800, yeah. Alex. Oh, man, like, this just that's makes ridiculous. me sad more than anything else. And also, it's weird because on the show, he often lauds cis men who are like, oh, I got my lips done and I got fillers and I got a fake butt. But then he has an issue if surgery or these kinds of things are related to a transition. And I don't want to simplify things and say that it might be a generational issue because it is. If I'm wrong, <laughs> he's a boomer. He's coming from a in my day perspective, which is but really like in strange. Day, eighties New York. Exactly. That's why I don't get it. Trans people have always been part of the drag community, and he should know that. Yeah. He's forgetting his history. Uh-huh. How dare? Is there a pulling up hey. the drawbridge element here? Do you think? You know, I'm good. I've made it. Right. Mm. Up you come, ladder. Yes. Yeah. Or just 
being ignorant for no reason. Maybe he's... Yeah, let's not make excuses for him. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. So people didn't appreciate that tweet either. And he realized he was in some shit. <laughs> so he finally apologized. And he put this rainbow image up and was like, you know, each morning I pray to set aside everything I think I know, blah, blah, blah. And like I value LGBTQ, everyone and whatever. And then he goes on and says a little bit more. And this time it's not a rainbow flag. It's two green colors and one yellow one. Just leave it at that tweet and walk away. And people were like, what's the green and the yellow? And someone found out that it is a flag representing trains, like choo-choo trains, not trans. He accidentally oh, typed. Oh, no. So I have to say, <laughs> karma is a B, and so are typos, oh, and autocorrect. Silver mm. surfing. And I have a message for real. You better work on making amends with a trans community, <laughs> exactly. and I don't know, maybe reading a book or something. <laughs> Jeez. It's catchy. It's short. I love it. Yeah, that acronym is just, you know, like Why 25 not? letters Put long. Put it on a mug. We should actually send Quincy Jones's daughters over, because apparently they got Quincy straight. So maybe we need to send them over to speak to RuPaul as They'll well. They'll collect him. Exactly. Ooh. Yes. And our peak of the week goes to Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I say it like that because she used to have a jingle for Latinas, like children. Oh, during her campaign? And it's like, Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Oh, my. And I it's you were, a jingle. I thought you were referencing that thing where it's like 10 ways that Hillary is like your abuela. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, are you, are you talking <laughs> about the Mi Abuela campaign Ooh. here? Mm. Let's not go there. Also, don't forget, she has hot sauce in her bag. Oh, yeah. Because I'm a man of letters, I recently read Hillary Clinton's memoir, what happened was. Uh-huh. Hmm. That is its formal title. Yes. Exactly. And it was a good catharsis for all my 2016 feels. But there was one passage that really spoke to my spirit, and I will read it for you now. Please do. Quote she, I have a weakness for Pepperidge Farm goldfish crackers. And was delighted to find out that 55 goldfish were only 150 <laughs> calories. Wow. Wow. Not bad. One time, Liz, I don't know who she is, Brought something I hadn't tried before, flavor-blasted goldfish. We passed around the bag and discussed whether it was better than the original. Some of my staff thought yes, which was incorrect. I love how she's spending her time these days. Wow. Uh, I never thought that I could have her in my house as a guest, but I have a whole box of goldfish crackers, courtesy of Costco, at my house right now. She wants them. She, she can be one of my children. But are they flavor blasted? Mm, well, it sounds like she doesn't like the yeah, flavor she blast. Mm. She prefers the original. Yep. Gotcha, girl. Smack dab in the middle of a book all about sexism in American politics and the implications of a hostile foreign government meddling in an election, she decided to take a delightful detour to talk about her favorite snack, which also happens to be my favorite snack, alongside Stacy's pita chips. Shout out, Stacy. Uh-huh. Who is Stacy? Mm. I need to send her a thank you note. I have those in my in the cabinet as well. They're amazing, especially the thin ones. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've rarely felt so seen by a passage in a political memoir. Hashtag I'm with her for real. Oh, I'm with her next time around. <laughs> and now for our song of the week. A miracle of a woman by the name of Sade. Yes. You might know her. This woman sings Rain when she down. wants to. Right. Yes. Came out with a brand new song for the Wrinkle in Time soundtrack. Obviously. It's called Flower of the Universe. I hadn't even heard it and I was actively standing. Oh, obviously. exactly. I was like, Sade's it's doing Sade. what? You're like, yeah. it could be terrible, but I love it. Of course. Her voice is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but it's boring. Ooh. If it was a sound, it would be like, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take this in stride in the same way that I took Drake's God's Plan in stride. <laughs> and I wasn't feeling it until I saw the video. So I'm holding out for the video. Huh. Okay. We'll go with that. So that's not going to be our outro song. Oh. Because it's just not that good. But we will be writing out on another one of her songs. <gasps> By Your Side. Oh, 2000. Yes. Kicking it back. Because we will always be, no matter what she makes. Yes. We'll be by her side. Mm-hmm. Also, it is sensual. 
It is luxurious. And it's a song that the Obamas have definitely had sex to in my dreams. Oh, (laughs) why would you say that? Because it's true. I was just going to say it's like being in a bubble bath. Mm. Uh, Where do you think the Obamas are doing? (laughs) Bye. (laughs) You think I'd leave your side, baby? You know me better than that. Thanks to David Marcus, Ashley Ann Krigbaum, and Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Until next time, find us on social media. I'm Jimmy Says on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Teacup in the Bay. And I'm Excuse My Beauty with the E on Instagram, without the E on Twitter. I'm sorry it's annoying. But <laughs> so complicated to me. Andrea Rivas on Twitter took my thing and doesn't tweet. <sighs> Andreas, please. For real. I'll be there.